0: what is up idp army it's your man jordan reigns at 50 shades of drunk if you want to follow me on twitter if you're watching on the youtube channel which you should be we are going to be talking about some way too early players to fade in best ball yesterday underdog fantasy that's our homies they just dropped the first tournament of the 2023 season for best ball so i got in there last night obviously i was just sniffing around waiting for it to happen because i'm a degenerate Saw it happen. I was in one of the very first drafts they did. Did two last night and I'd already been through and looked at some of the ADPs and where players were going. Um, I know I've already got our rankings all tightened up for the 2023 season or at least the top top end guys. You know, I mean, this early in the season, you really just want to focus on getting good players onto your team. I'm not going to worry too much about builds or strategies, things like that. Cause I mean, things are changing so much. the real strategy at this point is just to be early and to be right and to, to take advantage of some of these crazy ADPs that I saw. Some players that are way overvalued, some players that are way undervalued, etc. So got a chance to look at that, but I wanted to go ahead and talk about some players that I was fading first. All right, before we get into the, the actual draft boards and take a look at that. Um, so yeah, let's just go ahead and just pull them up. I'm not going to waste any time. I just went through, you know, we're not going to super deep dive a lot of these guys, but we're just going to talk about kind of why we're viewing them this way, why we think maybe their ADP is a little too high. But I'm just going to go ahead and start with the very first player who's ADP that I thought was a little too high in, you know, this early best ball. And that's DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, he's right now wide receiver 17. So, I mean, that puts him in the realm of a wide receiver two. Missed some time last year because of the PED situation. Uh, did play with Kyler Murray. Came back and still I think he played not uh, 12 games uh, or was it nine games. He had 700 some odd yards. Still had a couple hundred yard games in there. I mean, he still looked good. The reality is, though, DeAndre Hopkins is 32 years old this year or will be essentially when the season starts. If I'm not – it's 32 or three. No, it's 31 or 32. I don't even know exactly what it is. At this exact moment, DeAndre Hopkins is 30 years old in 250 days. So he'll be 31 years old when the season kicks off. To give you an idea of a player who played at 31 this year, I was like, an Adam am type. So, I mean, to me, at wide receiver 17, there's just other players in a similar ADP range that I would much rather have. You know, guys that are younger, guys that have some upside. I mean, let's just be real. I mean... What does DeAndre Hopkins' best situation look like? You know, what quarterback does he go to? Now, granted, we do know that from the last couple of years, players, elite wide receivers that change teams and go to another team, a la Stefan Diggs. Um, who else changed teams recently and did super duper well? Oh, Devontae Adams. So guys like this can do it. Can. doesn't? It's not a guaranteed thing, though. And I feel like at wide receiver 17, you're playing with fire with DeAndre Hopkins because – I just really don't know how much true ceiling you're going to get out of him. Uh, I don't know if you can really justify taking him this high. I mean, that's just my humble opinion as of right now. And just to give you an idea, some players that are going near him in ADP, that I would much rather have Amari Cooper going one pick after him, 28 years old, uh, gets Deshaun Watson. He's still on his deal. He will be with the Browns next year. So that's going to continue to develop. That's going to be a good thing. How does third or fourth 1,000-yard season, played all 17 games, career-high touchdowns. Give me Amari Cooper over DeAndre Hopkins, 10 times out of 10 in all my early best ball drafts. So let's move on to the next player that I'm fading early, and that is going to be Christian Watson. Wide receiver 20, okay, I I get it, but again, you're drafting him as a wide receiver too if that's his real ADP right now. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be in Green Bay. You know, Aaron Rodgers has, you know, is going to go have his, three days in darkness and we don't know what's going to come out of that cabin. No idea. You know what I'm saying? No idea. And I would say that if anyone's going to get hurt more than anybody else because of this situation, it's going to be Christian Watson. Good season. Yeah. Rookie. Yeah. Only 65 targets this year, guys, 65 targets, 41 receptions. Seven touchdowns. That's great. Did have seven attempts. So he's a versatile wide receiver. I like that, especially for best ball or just in general. I guys get touches. But again, 65 targets and he's going as wide receiver 20 right now. It just doesn't make any sense. So you're going to want to avoid Christian Watson at this price. This is more expensive than just to give you an idea than Gabriel Davis was this time last year. And Gabriel Davis had like more targets than that. Um, actually, I want to look now. How many targets did Gabriel Davis? You know, and just give you an idea, Gabriel Davis right now, his ADP, wide receiver 41. Oh, wow, that's actually interesting. It's very similar situation. Gabe Davis had 20, 65 targets in 2021. Christian Watson seems to be falling into that kind of mold. Um, where we're really hoping, anticipating. I say we, I say that word very loosely. The market, when I say that, is what I mean. But the market really thinks Christian Watson is going to take that step forward. I would say Gabe Davis could be our cautionary tale for a player with this kind of a production situation. Uh, And a wide receiver 20, I'm just going to skip him. You know, and again, there are players near him that I would much rather have. Chris Goblin being one of them, uh, even Terry McLaurin, Christian Kirk, wide receiver 27 right now. Give me Christian Kirk 10 times out of 10 over Christian Watson. So if you have to have a Christian on your team, make it make it Kirk, not Watson, at least at these ADPs. Next, way too early fade, okay? And again, if you want to play best ball on underdog, I think this little code right here, if you scan it on your phone, should take you to our promo code, which will get you in there, $100 deposit match bonus. We have that deal with them still going this year. We're looking for new, new brands to partner with, not like we aren't going to partner with underdog, but... I would like to just expand our network a little bit. So if y'all have any suggestions or any up and coming apps or games that you like to play, hit me up. But in the meantime, play with us on Underdog. Good time. Fade Christian Watson. All right. This is my first running back fade. And I think it's the only one that I have on this list. Let me double check. Yeah, this is the. Oh, no, I have one other running back. Um, I actually started to come around on him when I was doing more research yesterday. But Jonathan Taylor. Running back three to me, it's just it's not, it's nothing against Jonathan Taylor, it's just the fact that I don't want to take a running back this high. You know, to take Jonathan Taylor at running back three, we there were just so many running backs going later. And if we learned anything last year, look at um Josh Jacobs, look at players like uh Khalil Herbert, Damian Pierce. You know, I I don't want to build my team around a running back. And if I do build my team around a running back in best ball, an early one, I don't want it to be Jonathan Taylor at running back three. Giving me some scary Najee vibes. Like last year, I was in on Najee last year, folly. A lot of guys said that was dumb. They were right. I was wrong. And Jonathan Taylor just feels like that situation to me. It feels like in the first round where you have to take him, essentially. The only running backs being drafted ahead of him currently, Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey. I would rather just fade a couple of spots. You know, go two, three more rounds. And I would rather take Brees Hall or Josh Jacobs two, three rounds later than this guy. You know what I mean? That allows me to put wide receivers onto my team that I can fully believe in. You know, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, stuff on these guys that are have the ceiling, have the floor week in, week out and season long season out. I just don't want to deal with Jonathan Taylor at RB three. It's just a little too much for me. And again, the, the, you know, the thing that made him so special was the fantasy points. Let's be real. He had 18 touchdowns two years ago when he did that. The targets are good, not great. There's just other running back options further down the board that I would much rather have than Jonathan Taylor. So he's an early fade for me in best ball this time of year. Right now, I'm not having anything to do with him right now, running back three. Now, if he drops down to that four, five, six range, and it very well could happen, Bijan John Robinson is already nipping at his heels, which is a nice uh, underdog did include all the rookies in this first round. Uh, in this first iteration of the tournament for this year. So Bijan is currently running back four. Uh it feels a little hot to me, but we'll talk about that later. But like I'm saying, if you can get, just, I just don't want to take Jonathan Taylor this early personally. It's just too much for me. So he's an early fade. Um, Let's go ahead and move on. I think the next one is a running back fade. Yes, this is DeAndre Swift. This one was a little tough for me to come around on because I kind of, I actually do kind of like DeAndre Swift at running back 15, Uh, especially if he's a guy that maybe you did take a wide receiver wide receiver or you take a wide receiver kelsey something like that and you want to get upside now the upside that i think deandre swift brings and this is just me being honest is weekly upside i don't think he's ever going to have a season in the nfl where he finishes top five top six but i think he's going to have many weeks every year for the rest of his career that he plays in the nfl with those types of numbers because of the skill and the talent that he has uh, pretty low touchdown number this last season, if I'm not mistaken, which was kind of wild. I thought he'd have a little bit more. And he played this whole season, yeah, only seven touchdowns this year, uh, eight the year before. Played injured all season, more touches this year. So I expect him to actually be better than what, what this is. So I guess putting him here as a fade was probably... I don't know. I guess you're watching a pivot in real time because even last night as I was looking into this more and more, I actually kind of like DeAndre Swift here. So I'm not going to put him as a fade or a draft. I might as well put him as like a neutral play. How's that? A neutral play for DeAndre Swift. Now, this is an easy fade for me. This is Kyle Pitts. Now, tight end five makes sense. Um, You know, I mean, that's kind of what I think his upside is, but I don't want to draft any player best ball at their upside price, up there's upside cost, you know. What I mean, Kyle Swift tight end or Kyle Pitts tight end five that feels like ceiling to me. Uh, I don't know about y'all, you know, he really hasn't been a true difference maker the way that he was advertised for fantasy or on the field. Is he a good player? Yes, no one's going to deny that. But this last season, 59 targets, he only had 320, 56 yards. Granted, he did miss some time, but it's just He's one of these players that the fantasy community will, is continuing to gas up based on old stuff, old information. You know, so when we get new information around here, we we, we adjust. Um, I wish other people did that. Apparently, they do not. So Kyle Pitts is an easy fade for me. I would much rather have David Njoku Joku tied in ten right now. Give me David and Joku four, five, six, seven, eight, nine rounds later than Kyle Pitts. Now I say that. Drafts really haven't shaken out their true ADP, so there's some wild stuff. So you might be able to get Kyle Pitts really late in some of your drafts if you're in there with guys like me that are just like, I'm out. Uh so there is a point when you will want to take every player, even the players I'm mentioning here as fades. There will be a time when they are the best player available. But at their ADP, and in the current market situations where people are kind of unsure. There's a lot of really, really good value to be had further down the board and in players that are right in front of people that they're not looking at. And just to let you all know, you know, the channel, this is the early fades video. Going to have a um, targets video coming up soon as well, early targets. I actually think I have more targets than fades. After we talk about the rest of the fades, I think I only have one more player. I'm going to pull up the boards that I did last night, did two drafts last night. We'll take a look at some of the guys that I got at Values. Take a look at how the quarterbacks are going. Just look at a couple of boards. Um, there was a couple of surprises that I saw on there. Uh, and so I maybe, you know, make adjustments. So having that coffee, this is going to go up as a live stream. This is not going to go edited. I'm not going to do anything wild to it. So uh, if you are watching, you know, share, like, comment, subscribe, send a, a question. I would love to help you out. Uh, if you have any questions about Dynasty and all that, we do all that stuff here too. Um, all right. What was I, where was I getting at? Oh, Mr. Kyle Pitts, eh? Pitiful. All right, let's go ahead and move on to my last fade. These are way too early fades. And again, at a point, every player is worth taking. These are players I'm avoiding early in ball, just because I think there's better options available around that cost and there's just too much risk. Last player on this board, I might get a little hate for this, is Lamar Jackson, currently being drafted as quarterback six. That's just too high for me. For a guy, you know, for the last couple of seasons, what have we seen? I mean, the reality is we've seen him get hurt. Uh, we've seen him not finish seasons, 2,800 passing yards two years ago, 2,200 this year, 16 touchdowns, 17 touchdowns, only five rushing touchdowns in the last two seasons. I mean, I say only like that's, you want more, you know what I mean? The rushing yards are still incredible, 760, 760. So if he plays a full 16 games, he probably still hits a 1,000. But his passing yards are are pretty, you're really hard-pressed to get Lamar over 3,500 passing yards, I honestly think, in my opinion. Uh, Greg Roman is not there anymore or is getting ready to move on or took a leave of absence. There's just a lot of really weird stuff happening in Baltimore right now. And the reality of the situation is, yes, Lamar is a great passer and a great quarterback. I'm not going to take that away from him, you know, but he's a unique player. He's a unique passer and a unique quarterback. He can't thrive in every system. Not every coach is going to be able to get all the good stuff out of him. And, you know, the reality is when people say he's one of the best passers in the league, it's like when people said Kyler was one of the best passers in the league. You can find certain specific metrics, whether it be EPA per play. Yeah, he's amazing at that. Or you can find another metric downfield, you know, uh, accuracy. You know, what was it? Two years ago, Kyler was the most the most prolific downfield passer in all football. I got in a huge, not a huge, but I got a little argument with old Mike, Mike me up, Michael Lou on Twitter about this last off because I, I, I dog Kyler all the time. You can find receipts on that everywhere. And he came, I said, Kyler's a bum. He's basically on the you know Carson Wentz career path. And Michael Lou's like, oh, look at this metric. He's so good deep down field. Blah blah blah. And I was like, okay, like that's one metric from one season, and you're saying he's one of the best passers in football because of it because you heard somebody else say that. You know, you know, I let him have his little win. It's just hilarious to me that this season, same coaching staff, more offensive weapons, blah blah blah. Kyler gets everything thrown at him. He's literally the worst at that exact metric this season. We can't call him an outlier, then you know, not when it's a popular, cool player and the narrative is he's amazing. So it's just it's just interesting. So anyway, how does this relate to Lamar? He's a great passer per some grades and some metrics and some stuff. When it comes to the numbers, like the stuff that like boost your score in fantasy. Dude's not really throwing a whole lot. Oh, he runs a lot. That's great. We love that. Wonderful. That's unique. Give him a different coach. Give him a different situation. I don't know that he's going to do that. I don't know that I can count on 700 yards in my back pocket to compensate for the 2,500 that he throws. I'm not taking him at quarterback six. Not me. Mm-mm. Nope. I will pass on Lamar at quarterback six. I would much rather have Dak at quarterback nine. Deshaun Watson, quarterback 10. These guys can throw the football, all right? I mean, and and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, to be an elite NFL quarterback, you have to be able to throw, and not just throw well, throw for volume. You go down three, four, five scores, Throwing 300 yards a game ain't going to cut it. You got to be able to do what Cousins does. You got to be able to take the whole field in a throw or two. You have to be able to come back from some of these situations. Lamar had a great game at the earlier this season, too. He had a great game. He took a whole game back on the ground during a drive. I think it was the Bengals game. It was incredible to watch. Unique. You can't replicate that kind of shit normally. You know what I'm saying? Like, so. I'm worried about Lamar's trajectory overall. And, and, and one of the things that I do in fantasy is I always ask myself, has this player hit his ceiling? Have I seen his best season? I think we've seen Lamar's best season already. I thought we saw it two, three years ago. So it's just like, what are we chasing at this point? Are we chasing their second best, their third best? And are we talking best by what? Eyeball, eyeball what we see, you know, stats or, you know, deeper metrics of goodness. So there's a lot of things about Lamar that just, I'm just, you know, he's a good quarterback. I can say that. Love him to death. Hope he gets his bag. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not drafting him at quarterback six and underdog, period. Got a question coming in. So how close do you have golf Dak, or Cousins? Ooh, this is a great question. And I will go ahead and take a peek here into my rankings. Got my wide receivers up, but I'll take a look at my quarterbacks. They're pretty close. I'm pretty sure they're probably all in my tier two. And, you know, the tiers are pretty big right now just because the season hasn't, you know, we don't have a lot of differentiating factors. Um, Let's see here. So I've got Goff. Looks like he's right around quarterback 12. I've got Cousins, two spots ahead of him. And then I've got Dak, one spot behind Goff. But again, they're in the same tier. So don't be like, oh. blow on golf i mean i love i mean i'm blow on dak i mean when i put guys in the same tier i generally mean like i would be happy with them and view them similarly so they're in the same tier with guys like trevor Lawrence. they're in the same tier with lamar jackson i mean i'll give him his due he can be in the tier with these guys but he's not who i'm taking in this tier um i got daniel jones in this tier um so yeah you want to check those out join the idp army obviously you know that brother And I appreciate you being here too. love live streaming. I haven't streamed in a while. Not a whole lot of people coming through. But it's a little less pressure to stream than it is to actually have to try to get your show already and present it. But let's go ahead and pull up the boards from yesterday's drafts that I did. I'm going to change the layout here real quick so that maybe we can see it a little better. All right. We'll do this one. And we'll do this one. We'll do this one. All right, let me get to this screen. So here is the board from one of the drafts I did last night on underdog. Am I going to go to the slide this way? There we go. So I picked, you can see from the seven spot, not my favorite spot, but I liked what I got here. I went heavy wide receiver, Tyreek, Amon Ra, T. Higgins, Justin Fields, Christian Kirk, and Brandon Ayuk In the first six rounds, did not take a running back. Finally, I get Miles Sanders here in the seventh round. I felt like that was a really good pick, all things considered. And let's just kind of take a look here. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs falling into the third here. Still think that's an, an amazing value. I thought T. Higgins falling here into the third was a great value, and that's actually kind of who I have my eye on when T. Uh, or Amari Cooper, rather. Whenever I took T. Higgins, he got picked right in front of me. Um Let's go a little further down. Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, running quarterbacks. You know, I I, I didn't really love the quarterbacks I got here. These aren't my guys necessarily. But Justin Fields, fourth round, I felt like, you know, probably reaching a little. But in these early drafts, one of the things I want to do is I want to have solid teams. I want to have teams that can make it. I'm not taking crazy wild dart shots. I'm not trying to build for any weird correlations. I'm just trying to build teams that I think are going to be able to push all the way through the season with some firepower. Um, Miles Sanders in the seventh, Daniel Jones in the eighth, A.J. Dillon, nine, Khalil Herbert, 10, Antonio Gibson, 11. This is why I'm fading running backs early. I have, a, I mean, there's a good shot that all of these guys finish with multiple running back one week's next season if they're on my team. And it's best ball, I just need them on my team. Don Wondale Robinson, I really only drafted him to go with Daniel Jones. Uh, I did buy into the correlation bit finally for around 12 Round 13, we got KJ Osborne. Round 13, 14, Devin Singletary. I mean, I'm gonna draft Devin Singletary in every draft this year again, I guess. Curtis Samuel, round 15, another guy that a lot of people faded last year. He basically had the exact same stat line as Debo Samuel this year, um, which is funny because I tweeted out like three years ago that Debo Samuel and Curtis Samuel were low-key, kind of the same player. And they're also low-key, kind of basically Tyreek Hill, but we won't go into that. Jelani Woods was my first tight end. I punted tight end way down. Tank Bigsby got him super cheap. Justin Watson, you know, and these are kind of the late guys. These are my dark throws. Justin Watson, A.T. Perry, and then Noah Brown. Really just stuffing in those wide receivers. I wanted to get some rookie action because we did last couple of seasons. We've seen so many rookies be so good for uh, fantasy. I just, you know, I, I just feel like it would be silly at this point not to get one or two on my team. Let's take a look at some some of these uh picks and let's see if we can pick out anything that we so I don't really get Travis the Travis Kelsey at 103. I just it's weird to me that we we see on Travis Kelsey two years ago. He was like a first round pick. Kind of had a down year last year. Not the year we just came out of, but last year. And people, you know, you could get him in the third, fourth round. And now he has a good year again. He's a one oh three. Is you're paying up after the fact that doesn't make any sense to me you need to buy i hate word using the word buy but you need to acquire players at their cheapest moment not their most expensive moment and not the moment when they're at their oldest and most fragile so taking travis kelsey at 103 i think is not great but you know to each their own i suppose i mean that's just one less person i have to worry about um take a look here we got any other chris olave went pretty high 309 or 39 i thought that was a little bit juicy for him just considering some of the players we still had on the board including you know chris godwin's down here uh, mike williams which is you know i'm not saying i love these guys but it's just interesting that the the boards have moved so much on some of these rookies where they're going ahead of some of these really well-known players uh, and players that we've counted on the last couple of seasons um for a second-year player, it just seems a little bit heavy for me. So I want to point out TJ Hawkinson went here in the fourth round. What is he? The third tight end taken. Yeah, it was Kelsey, Anders, and Hawkinson. I only wanted to bring this up because I didn't realize, but apparently, you know, this is, if you watch the market, fantasy market podcast, you know, you heard me talk about this the other day, you know, one of the easiest ways to gain an edge in fantasy football is to be ahead of the curve. One of the easiest ways to be ahead of the curve is to do your own research. Don't wait till guys like me, with their podcasts and their articles and all that stuff, push their information out there and then it's available to everybody. And then the whole market changes. And why am I saying this? Because I saw TJ Hawkinson in this other draft win it as like the second tight end. I think he went in the second round. Let's see if we can take a look. And that didn't make any sense to me. And I tried to, and it only took me about a minute to figure out why. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because. Everybody's favorite fantasy people, the FF Ballers, have dubbed TJ Hawkinson the tight end too now. And so like that, the market changed on him. Almost instantaneously, TJ Hawkinson was a hot commodity. Not, I mean, nothing's different. He got traded to the Vikings months ago, y'all. Months ago. I mean, if you've been paying attention, doing your research, you've seen all this stuff. But maybe you didn't. So let's take a look at this draft. Oh, 407. So why is this wild? I think he's the second one taken here, right? Uh, Mark Andrews went right before him. He's a third tight end taken now. He's rising up boards, and honestly, he'll probably end up going in the second round by the time it's all said and done um i don't want this to turn into a situation like kyle pitts i think he's gonna be better than kyle pitts yeah but look at this kyle pitts at 6-3 i could maybe get behind that down here at 6'3. kyle pitts last year people were taking kyle pitts in the second round like oh anyway it's just wild so you know T.J. Hawkinson is going to keep going on boards. I would draft him here in the fourth. I'm okay with that. He's one of the few tight ends I would be okay drafting kind of early. But if I don't get him, I am focusing almost essentially and completely on either um, David Njoku or Dallas Goddard if he slips at all. I still like Dawson Knox, but he kind of – I will not want to say he burned me last year, but just the Bills offense in general burned me last year, um, except for Josh Allen, who's obviously the GOAT. I'd love to analyze a comparison of tight end scoring versus other positions. Yeah. I mean, it's basically the haves and the have nots um, and to see who's going to have it and have not have it. Just you know do the research. I mean, Hawkinson started getting massive target numbers I and mean, we only have a decade of Kirk cousins, you know, turning guys into guys at the tight end position. Um, as soon as he got there, Hawkinson was immediately a tight end one, if not the tight end one or close to it. And I mean, the guy's like 25, 26 years old. Like, the runway in front of him is big and the upside is big he's a beast so i'm loving hawkinson uh, i just thought it was interesting that the market is if you want to get hawkinson in dynasty i would like go buy him today and if you want to draft him an underdog i would draft him up until maybe the fourth or fifth round if he starts getting into the third round i'm probably gonna start skipping we'll have to see if that if that sticks around or not but i just want to bring it up because The markets move, y'all. That's why you got to get in these drafts early. That's why you got to pay attention in your dynasty leagues early. That's why you got to fade the right players at the right time. And these players are fades now. That doesn't mean in three months. You know what I mean? When, let's say, DeAndre Hopkins suddenly becomes, you know, wide receiver 35. Let's say the market actually starts fading him. Then we change our tune. We're not out on DeAndre Hopkins. You know what I'm saying? We're not out on Christian Watson but we are out at these prices. We are out at this cost of acquisition because there are other players that we have just as much, if not more confidence on in have less red flags, etc. So, So um, I don't really see any other questions in the chat. I just wanted to throw this up quickly today because we are, we are in it. I mean, the fantasy football season doesn't stop. There's no off season. There's no breaks. You know, I'm not saying like people should or shouldn't do whatever they want, you know, um take your time off if you want but we don't stop you know we, we it's a 247 365 process you know there's always something going on in the football world to watch to learn to to dip, dive into we do our own research we suggest you do your own research you don't have to to everything we say but hop into an underdog draft we would love to see you there with us we have a good time we want to win and yeah leave me the comments on who you are fading early in underdog and in best ball be sure to subscribe to the channel. Be sure that you are listening to the podcast. And I will be back, I don't know if, later today, tomorrow. Some of my favorite targets at best ball. In a wormhole, probably about to burn. In a white tunnel, are you ever going to learn? See a land, probably going to merge. Going to be dead. You're Funny how you smart, but you still a nerd Play your part, girl gon' turn